Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Well, I'm excited. How many enjoyed the conference this week and got a lot out of it? Um, we definitely did. I've already set, that'll be my third time kind of sitting under their teaching. And um, obviously the first two times I had the opportunity to actually go down to Kansas City and experience the prayer room and, and uh, really glean from what they're doing. But every time you hear it, you just get more and more and more and more. And what we're going to be sharing on today, because we realized not everybody was able to come, not everybody was able to attend all of it, and so uh, I know there were some that probably did attend all of it, um, like we did, and um, uh, we want to share about one of the aspects and one of the most important parts of the prayer is praying the Word of God. And, and so we're going to talk about that this morning, how to do that, and, and give you a little bit of a, of a taste of kind of the things we learned this week. Um, obviously, some of it we knew, some of it we learned more about, and, and even the, the Harp and Bowl style of praying and worshiping, um, we're going to demonstrate this morning as well with our team, who are all new at doing this, and uh, they did a great job in the first service, and, and uh, we were a little bit uh, uh, limited time-wise, but, um, you know, we're going to... We're going to just demonstrate for those that haven't been here and even those that have, how many loved it? Wasn't yeah. it awesome? And so we're going to really, really enjoy it. But I want to talk for a second about praying the Word of God because this is so important. You know, I normally read about five chapters a day of the Word of God, and I do try to isolate uh, a verse or two and just spend some time on it. But, you know, I'll spend maybe 10, 15 minutes on it. And I remember the first time I went down to IHOP, um, they gave us an assignment where we had to go into the prayer room, you know, and they gave us a scripture. We had to meditate on a particular scripture, and we had to stand, spend several hours meditating on that same scripture, and then write out any thoughts we got about it. And uh, and I did that, and I, I was sitting in the room, and I was writing and writing, and I ended up out of this one little scripture. I got like three or four pages of revelation, and it was really awesome. And a couple hours into it, I... Little, literally heard God's voice speak something to me that I really needed to hear. And, and it was very, very clear, very direct, and I, it still resonates with me today, what he said then. But it was taking that time to just sit in the presence of God and hearing, you know, the worship and the prayers and just meditating on his word. So when they do prayer, part of the prayer, they actually divide their prayer into two-hour segments, and one hour is meditating on the word of God, praying the word of God, singing the word of God, uh, worshiping, and, you know, just marinating in the word of God. And then the other hour is, is more intercession, which is praying for specific things or needs in our world or our city or our whatever. And so we're going to talk about the Word of God today. And when we were here this week, one of the sessions on a, one of the prayer times in the afternoon, they were giving us, they gave us a scripture. And the scripture they gave us was um, John 17, 24. And I'm going to read it. And I'm just going to share a little bit of what happened to me because as I was reading it, it says, Father, I want these, this is Jesus praying just before he's about to go to his passion. It was his last prayer with his disciples before he went into the garden. But he says, Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. And one of the things they, they you know, were teaching us to do was isolate a phrase in that 
scripture. So don't just, you can meditate on the whole scripture, but something in that scripture will just kind of jump out at you. And when it does, zero in on that and just really focus on that and begin to write whatever you get about that scripture. And so for me, the words I am were what really jumped out at me. And of course, I knew I am is the name, you know, what God called himself when Moses asked God, who do I say I am, you are when, or who sent me when he was to go to Pharaoh, God said, I am, say I am sent you. And so I began to meditate on I am. And then as I did that, and I was sitting over there writing and uh, God just kept giving me more revelation of what I am meant and what it meant to me, you know, how it affected me. And, and I literally wrote a couple pages about that but I'll just share a couple of things and some of it you know and some of it I knew already but God just gave me more revelation and depth to it but it's like whatever we need he is whatever we need he is he is the I am you know and he said I am your healer I'm your deliverer I'm your sanctifier I'm the lover of your soul I am faithful I am holy I am righteous uh, you know but then taking that and personalizing it into my life I am your provision you know I am your strength I am your hope I'm your refuge you know he's I am whatever you need right? He, that's who he is. But we have to get that revelation and that understanding and knowledge inside our spirit. And, and it comes alive in us where we really believe it and we know it. And we, we have understanding of whatever the word is. And, and that's just one, that's just two words. I am. And the revelation in those two words that you can glean and get out of. And all of the word is like that, where when we read God's word, there, God will highlight something to you and, and you take that and you, and you just dig in, dig in, dig in, meditate, pray about it. And that's what they had us do, like pray about it. Write it out, write it out several times, say it out loud several times, sing it, you know, and just keep on doing stuff. And the more you, you, you spend time on that word, the more revelation that you will get. And sometimes you can take something like just those two words and go for a month. And you might think, how can you go for a month? Well, you can, because the word of God is so rich and so deep and and we God has so much he wants to show us about himself and but a lot of times when we're reading the word we just read it and we don't really dig into it and take that time so we're going to be talking we're going to be doing a little bit of that today we're going to be reading from Ephesians 1 and um we're going to, uh, I believe the scripture references we have here is Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. We're going to isolate, I think, verses 17 and 18, 19 a little bit. But the worship team is going to pick up on that. And, and, and when they bring, do the worship part, the purpose of the worship part is for us to begin singing the word and, and singing choruses. And, and actually, they'll pick up some choruses and they'll sing them over and over again. And we need to sing it with them. Because how many know when you get a chorus in your head, it stays there? right? It helps stay there. And that's really what the, the music will do. And so we're going to be teaching a little bit on this, and then we're going to be practicing it in the worship with the worship team. And, uh, you know, we do have a time limit, so we're only going to be able to go through it kind of a bit. But, but it's just an example. But tonight we're going to do it more, and um, it's going to be good. But uh, we are going to start with Ephesians 1, okay. verse 15 to 23, and I'll let Pastor Rick Okay. Before we even go any further for myself, I want to lay a little foundation over here. Uh, how many are 50 years or older? Just, just wave your hand. Quite a few of us here. Okay. How many wish that maybe 40 years ago you would have made some decisions that would have been uh, 
a little bit different today back 40 years ago. Come on, raise, raise your hand, okay? Well, this prayer that we're going to get into will, will actually answer that there. Uh, how many made some good decisions 40 years ago? Okay, how many made some good decisions 30 years ago? How many made some good decisions today? Well, you came to church. That's a good decision, okay? Okay, I'm saying all that because 40 years ago, I was not here where you see me up front. 40 years ago, I was right where Sharon's at, sitting in the church, sitting in the Catholic charismatic meetings. And 40 years ago, I heard some things and I began to write them down that now I've transcribed all my notes from my Bibles and I put them now into my iPads, so into my iPad, then we just sync them with all the other uh, iPads that I have, a mini one and this one, and then my phone, so I got it all in there. And I have all the notes from 40 years ago. And there's notes from 40 years ago that I look back on that actually laid the foundation for my entire life. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is the thing I heard 40 years ago, wrote it down, and I know that if I didn't write it down, I would have walked out of that place Okay, and forgot it by the time I got in the parking lot. And then went over it and over and over and I sharing it often. The number one thing I learned 40 years, that God's word is his will for my life. So many people struggle not knowing God's will. Let me just tell you something right now. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ. So what does that mean? God's will is that I be a grateful person. Grateful for what? For what he did in the cross and never to forget it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. We can go on. But the reality is, God says over there just to be grateful. That's his will. Come on. So his word is his will for our life. And so when you pray his word and you worship his, with his word, you can't go wrong because you're in the will of God. And then, then, then God's word, you know, here's an example. I heard this here. God's will is that we be healed. Amen. Some people say, well, God, whatever your will is, and, and they believe that it's his will that they be sick. So I said, okay, if you really believe that, why are you so rebellious? Okay, I just said that to get somebody's attention because some of you apparently haven't heard that. Okay, what do you mean by that calling me rebellious? Well, if you really believe it was God's will that you be sick, then why are you trying to get better? Okay, so fundamentally, you hit the root issues and you break the veil so that you can have the revelation so your faith can rise up so you can partake in the promise of God. This is how it works. So I learned that God's word is his will for my life and God's word reveals who God is. I don't struggle. This is one, I have struggles in my life, but I don't have struggle knowing God because God's word revealed to me who God is. And he reveals every name in attribute that he says he is, is who he is to me, not just corporately with you here, but personally to me individually. And so he's not, I don't know him just as Jira, the Lord, my provider. I know him as the one that before my need ever existed, he made the way. Kathy just said the I am means whatever you need me to be in this life, I will be that for your life. That's it. So these aren't just names that we have up here in our minds. These are names that are revelations of who God is. 
And so the last thing that I wrote down, and this, this is right at the beginning, one of the first things that I ever heard, God's will, uh, his word is his will for my life. God's word reveal who God is to me personally. And so I went on an endeavor to study the names of God. And, and let me just tell you this. I was taught, I was taught that there are seven names of God. That's what I was taught at the beginning. I have found out there's over 2,602 names for God. So I took what they taught and took it further. The word Elohim, the, the word Jehovah, it's mentioned 2,602, and you'll see it compounded with names all over the Bible. Come on now. And so, so I got God's word reveals who God is to me. And the last thing, God's word would transform my life. Now, why am I teaching this this morning? Because all three of those needs, all three of those things that I heard are all brought out in this prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. It's all there about the knowledge of God. His word is the will. He would transform our life. It's all right here for us, and you can go on right now. Amen. <laughs> okay, I'm going re- to read Ephesians chapter 1, starting at verse 15. And we're just going to dig a little bit because obviously we don't have a lot of time, and we want to get the worship team going on, on it, and we're going to get deeper in it then. But um, this is a powerful prayer that God gave us to pray for ourselves, for our city, for our families, for the church, and as a whole, for the world. And, uh, and so it's a powerful prayer. And you yes, can meditate is. for months and months on this prayer and not get all the revelation out of it. So we're just going to begin, okay? Now, Ephesians 1.15, it says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. And I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just going to stop there. And Pastor Rick's got something to say about the, the first, second verse, I think. But I'm going to talk about the glorious Father. Because, you know, when you think of the word glorious, what does that mean? And, and you know, we can, we can sit and think about what is glorious? What is glorious? You know, glorious is really, when we, when we understand it, it means that God is full of glory. He is above and beyond all we could ever imagine or think. We need to really have our hearts to be in awe of him, of who he is, of his majesty, of his power. You know, God is all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipotent. You know, he's the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He holds all things together. He is everything we could ever imagine. And he is glorious. He is full of light. And he is full of power. And he is to be honored and worshipped. And he gives us the very breath that we breathe. You know, he, he made us. He knit us together, he says, in, his, in our mother's wombs. He gave us life. He breathed life into us. He gave us this whole earth and everything in it. And he has promises for us. And he has a destiny for us. And, and, and God is so amazing and so glorious and so awesome. And we need to sit and worship the glorious God for who he is. So often as human beings, we, we put God in this little box and we blame him for everything. And we, we you know, really assassinate his character and we, we speak just flippantly about him. We, we don't give him the time of day and we treat him like he's nothing or he's worthless or he's, he can, you know, like he can't do anything and we know better than him and we have these attitudes and these thoughts. But when you meditate on the glorious father and you get the revelation of his character and you get the revelation of who he is and you get the revelation of his power and you get the revelation of his majesty and you get the revelation of just how awesome and how great and how big and how amazing he really is, you're not going to think differently. 
And he's going to be so big in your heart and in your eyes, your mind. And you're going to see him for who he is. And when you see him for who he is, he changes you. And he, he changes your circumstances because you have faith for things. And, and so when we talk about the glorious father, and I, again, I don't have time to go into this too much, but, um, you know, he, we just have to sit and think about what is the glorious father? Even the word father, you know, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? And, and, you know, so often we compare God or we treat God like he's like our earthly father. And if you didn't have a good earthly father, Come that's on. not good. Come on. Right? You end that's up right. putting God and uh, uh, thinking of him to be something he's not. And, um, and you, you just, you know, just demean him and, and, and think and believe things about him that just are not true. And so he's our father. He's a glorious father. What's a glorious father? You know, and, and that means he's a perfect father. He's a father that truly loves us, that truly likes us, that cares about us, that delights in us, that wants us and desires us and went nothing to win our hearts and wants to show us who he is and have us to know him. Amen. And so you know, we, we can just spend all day thinking about that, but we're not going to. But anyway, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. And I'm going to let Pastor Rick pick up from there. I'm enjoying listening to everything you're saying. <laughs> she says, when I first heard of your faith, your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, then he says, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I pray for you constantly. Here's the key. When you're operating in faith, you're operating in love. Listen to me. The enemy comes because he wants to get you out of faith and he wants to get you out of love. So Paul says, the way that I do this now is, is ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people. Where? Come on, everywhere. Look at the next verse, what he says over here in 16. I've not stopped thanking God for you and I pray for you what? Constantly. What was he praying constantly for? Now look at, he, he brings this now, what his prayer was directed at. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord, to give you what? Spiritual wisdom. Now here's the key. Number one, he says, listen, this operation of faith this operation of love is more than the physical matter and the physical realm around you. This is in the spiritual realm. And I want you to engage now into the spiritual realm, which is more real than the natural realm that we hang out with. It's not only sense, it's not sense ruled or sense directed or, or, or just physically directed, it's spiritually directed. So he says to give you spiritual wisdom, okay? And what else does he want to give you? What? Insight. Insight. Why? Why does he want you to have that? For one reason. So that you, everybody look at your neighbor and say, you. That you might grow in your knowledge of God. God doesn't want you to be a child. God doesn't want you to be an infant in knowledge of God. He wants you to grow in the knowledge of God. The greatest thing you can do, listen, is get to know God. Grow. Are you growing in your knowledge of God? If you're not growing in your knowledge of God, I don't believe it's because you're not taught. I believe it's not because you're being imparted here. But are you applying the truths that you know to your life? You will never grow until you begin to exercise and develop the spiritual muscles about God. I had a word this morning about, about, about God is not unjust. God is not unjust. God is, come on. And people responded. And they came and the veil was lifted off of their eyes. Grow 
in the knowledge of God. Kathy said it, you have, there's people that have a hard time connecting with God as a loving father, as a caring father, as an affectionate father, as one that wants, that likes you and delights with you and loves hanging out with you. And you, you, you have a filter that you try to connect with dad, father God, through your earthly father. Amen, all that triggers inside you is memories of pain. And so that enemy gets in there and distorts the concept and distorts the character of God in our minds. If there's anything I've grown in, and there's areas I'm still growing in, and there'll be areas that I'll be growing in all eternity with, can you say amen? But the reality is there's an area that I've really been precise in in developing is my knowledge of God. Because if I bring a distorted knowledge of God to you, then the whole church can be distorted. So we want to bring biblically in alignment with what he says. Man, the scripture, everybody should dwell in this one. Man, you want to know what the father's about? You want to know? Just take a look at his son. And you'll see the son wasn't just pointing the finger like this. Fun, the son had compassion. Can you say amen? You won't see him. Listen, listen. The woman that was at the well married and divorced five times. And what Jesus had, compassion on her. Gave her the, she got the revelation, man, became an evangelist. There's so many stories that we can look at you. The woman caught in the act of adultery, and they brought the woman. I don't understand why they didn't bring the man. If she got caught, that means they were, they were doing it. Okay? So bring them both. Just trying to get my mind around, okay, okay, wow, this is, this is bad, okay? But let's bring them both. Let's be, God was just. All right, and so we have this knowledge of God. So the prayer is that we would grow in spiritual wisdom and in insight, discernment, full knowledge, clear knowledge of God. Listen, you want to know why you have problems? You want to know why, why so many Christians are, are they're up and they're down? It's because of lack of knowledge. Lack of deficient knowledge, missing pieces of information about God. Those are the areas. When you have the knowledge of God, it's going to be like this. It's going to be just, just a steady journey. It doesn't mean you won't have bumps, but it's just going to be a, a steady walk. Okay, okay, God, I, I don't understand why this is happening right now, but I know you're good, and I know you're just, and I know you're faithful, and I know that there's a better day. I know there's a plan that you have for me, not of evil, but good, to give me a future, and to give me a hope, and to give me an end. I can't see it right now, God, but I know it's there, and what you show me in the supernatural is more real than this natural. Now, natural realm, shift and bring the kingdom of heaven down to this natural natural earth. That's how it operates. Go ahead, John. Verse 18 says, I pray that your hearts, now remember when I pray this, I often pray Ephesians and um, I pray this and I pray this over my husband, over my children, mm -hmm. over my grandchildren, over the church, our church leadership. You know, I pray it over the people that I, I pray for and, and I pray that they will, that they will. And you can, you can get all the people's names in there that you want and pray this prayer for their life, right? Sure. And you're praying for them. But it says in verse 18, I pray that your hearts how many know our hearts will be flooded with light? You know, we recently had some floods here in Windsor. How many here got impacted by the floods? A number of you. And and when the floods when the flood happened, that means you had too much water. You had more water than you can contain. And that water went into places it really shouldn't have gone, and it and it caused problems. But this is in a good in a good way. You're this isn't being flooded with water. It's being flooded with light. Come on. 
And, you know, we talk about we're, we live in a world that's caught between light and darkness. And so often we walk around where we're afraid of the darkness. And we, we get oppressed by the darkness and we fear the darkness. And, and um, we allow even the darkness shows up and we just let it show up. We let it stay. But God said, if you're flooded with light, the darkness cannot stay. In fact, when, you, when we walked into the sanctuary this morning, you know, it was dark. But all that happened was somebody flicked on the light switch. The light showed up. And when the light showed up, the darkness left. We didn't have to stand there rebuking the darkness and commanding it to go. And there's nothing wrong. There's times when you do have to take authority over darkness in someone's life. But you know what? The light will dispel darkness. The darkness can't stay in the midst of the lights. And so it's saying, saying here in Ephesians that we would be flooded, Come on. overflowing more than we can even imagine with light that it just emanates from us so that we can, here's why, so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he's called. We are his called ones, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance you know, we are, the, we are the inheritance of Jesus Christ. We are the rich and glorious inheritance of Jesus Christ. And so often we're walking around feeling like we're no good, we're this, we're that, we're failure, we're this. When God's saying, no, you are rich and glorious. You are rich and glorious. You are overflowing with my light. Mm -hmm. You have the capacity to contain the light of God and to, and to emanate that light and drive out the darkness just by who you are. But you got to know who you are. And you got to know what's in you, right? You got to know that you are the, the glorious inheritance. And um, I believe we need to start, though. We want you to progress. We want you to grow in your knowledge of God, is what the, uh, the apostolic prayer, the prayers that the apostles prayed for us. Because if we don't grow in our knowledge of God, then what's going to happen? We're just, we're going to be nominal. We'll never be the phenomenal one. We're going to be just normal. We're not going to be abnormal from the standpoint of supernaturally supernatural. And everything he's bringing out here, 2,000 years ago we brought this, is just as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. Okay, the Pharisees and the Sadducees both had a religious persuasion. The one believed in the supernatural, okay, but was hypocritical in their delivery, hypocritical and saw the people lower and saw them higher. That's not the way that God had orchestrated. Yeah. And then the Sadducees denied the supernatural completely. They went to the other extreme. So the apostles praying over here, he says, I want you to grow in your knowledge of God. Grow again. This word means progress. This word means to come to maturity grow larger and greater over a period of time. In other words, if you're stopped in your life, then you, you stopped. You're not growing. You're not progressing. You're not moving forward. But this is key in the knowledge again, and the word knowledge means the full discernment of God, the precise, the correct knowledge of God. There's an incorrect knowledge today. Oh, God, you know, you know, God just allowed that, or God allowed this, or God allowed that. And when we speak of allowed today, it means God gave permission for this or for that. And the Bible teaches us in the knowledge of God that God has all authority back from the cross, and he's given it to us to use today. So why do we blame God for what happens today when he's given us the authority? 
It's the prayers of the saints that enacted the judgments to release. And the saints got a knowledge of God. They're all out of here. So who's going to enact this stuff? Come on. And so when you go into these aspects of the full knowledge of God, you come in. The word also means over there, knowledge of facts, knowledge of information, thorough experience or education, just beliefs as opposed to opinions. Everybody's got opinions about what what God's like or what God does or what God is. And and I don't want somebody's opinion. I want to know the one and what does he have to say? This is what God says. This this is a, a verse that just blew me away. He said no, and that's exactly what the writer here is saying. Know therefore that the Lord your God, Jehovah is Elohim in the person of the Christ. Come on. That he is faithful. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is the faithful God which keeps his covenant. God's a covenant keeping God. He doesn't break his covenant. God's faithful to do everything he said he would do on his side. His covenant of love and his covenant of mercy to a thousand generations. Wow. Wow. Of those that love him. How many know our job is just to love him? Amen. And that's what we're going to do as we enact it right now in prayer. So let's lift up. Everybody just stand up for a moment. I just want to say as the worship team, you know, they're going to engage us in worship first. And then we're going to start uh, particularly our verse 18 of Ephesians 1. And But as they're doing or Tiffanel praying, where they're each praying a phrase that I will be leading in. And as they do that, you begin to sing and worship God in, in whatever way you want to during that time. You can sit and listen to what they are saying and listen to what they're saying. But engage yourself. Start praying this scripture out as we, you know, bring it out. And be a part of what's going on up here. So think of the words of what we're praying. And allow those words to penetrate your heart and to impact your life so that they change you. Because you will leave here if you do this. And you'll be thinking about the scripture. It'll keep on yeah. working in your life. Amen. Father, I just pray for everybody in this place as they go today, Lord, that they will go stirred up in their faith, stirred up to know your word, stirred up to meditate in your word, to marinate in it, Lord, to sit in your presence, stirred up to pray, stirred up to worship you. Father, don't let that fire burn out in us. Lord, just keep the flames burning in us. Keep the flames going, Father God, that that this ignite conference, Lord, will have truly ignited a fire that cannot be quenched, a hunger that will be satisfied only with you alone. Lord God, that we would glorify you in all that we do, that we would hunger and thirst for you and hunger and thirst for righteousness, and that we will shake off the distractions and the things that have kept us from your presence and from knowing you. Thank you, Father God. And let every one of us that leave this place today Leave encouraged and stirred up and motivated, Lord, to dig in and search the deep riches that you have for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As you leave today, just go encouraged. Dig into Ephesians 1 this week. Begin to search the riches of it. Speak it over your life. Speak it over your family's life. Speak it over the church. Speak it over our city, our government, Canada, the people that you know, the ministries that you know.
let's, let's really dig in this week to the riches of what God has for us and see ourselves for who He is. God bless you. Have an awesome day.